Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our sixth episode of Irreverent Aromatherapy. We are your hosts. I am Becky, also known as Drip. I'm from Blue Marble Botanicals in Wisconsin. And hello, this is Amy using my radio voice, also known as Drop. Live from New York, it's Irreverent Aromatherapy. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Amy, are you ready? Sorry, Drop. Cash, I'll never get that right. Uh, okay, Drop, are you ready? You get What? Hit me, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> what is annoying you in the aromatherapy slash herbal world today? Thank you for asking, drippity drip, drip, drip. So uh, <laughs> recently in the ether, there is um, a post put out by a very well-renowned, respected aromatherapist citing some new research on um, eucalyptus oil, cineal-rich oils, and camp oils with camphor, but specifically looking at eucalyptus and how um, they're linked with seizures. I'll just put it that way. So the topic uh-huh. really is that, that I want to bring up is research in essential oils. And we, I mean, why not talk about eucalyptus a little bit and its safety hazards, but um, just a little bit of background that I'll pause. This individual brought up this new research. The paper was published in 2021, happens to be some um, physicians in India in a region where it's known where people actually do work with camphor, so cinnamomum, camphora, and eucalyptus in their households. Um, Camphor is used in a lot of spiritual practice. Uh, So the new research was published with three cases, only three cases where people had worked with this, a lot of um, eucalyptus essential oil, and then they had seizures. So there's other studies cited um, by this individual. But I just thought this would be interesting to talk about because it's a it's a slippery topic in aromatherapy. This could be an entire episode for us, Drop, but we're yes. going to try and not make it such. But you've done a lot of research on this from my understanding. So, you know, let it let it go. Go for it. Well, I don't. This is more about um, I'm just pausing because I, I don't want to say something silly. We know essential oils can be incredibly safe. And I think it could be a bit alarmist when, yes, we should be aware of research. People should share it. We should look at it. We should look at the source. Where is it from? We should look at and read the research, how many cases are involved, what type of oil was used. Do we have an understanding of how much the person used? Like um, one of the individuals in this paper written about one individual was was used quote various balms and lotions I think what does that mean I don't believe Mm -hmm. I have to look back that there's any more details about what was the chemical composition or what was the brand of the balm or we just need more information before we start to subtly start alarming everyone to basically saying stop using eucalyptus Mm -hmm. And that's going to fly all over social media and the internet for the next year or two that you shouldn't use eucalyptus because it gives seizures, but there is um, no indication that if used properly and in small amounts that it's going to (laughs) tox toxify your body. Um, I, I feel like anytime there's a study like that, I think 
we may have touched on this. I can't remember, but there was a preschool that was um, in the news of all the kids that were dizzy and headaches and whatever from diffusing. And it's the same thing. So, you know, it's the same thing. How much were they using? What were they using? It was never mentioned. How often was she using it? Was she using 20 drops in the diffuser versus three? You know what? We don't know the circumstance. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess right now we have a takeaway. It's just, we know there are just a few things. We know there's safety data behind oils rich in eucalyptol, also known as 1,8-cineol, and camphor. And there's, we could look up the safety data. We're aware of it. And yes, context is so important. Context is so important. I mean, that I think is the takeaway of this is, you just brought up a great example of one story happens and then suddenly it leaks into this dreadful thing we have called social media, and the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. And as you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, drop, um, protocol is important as an oh, yeah. aromatherapist issuing a protocol. People don't use essential oils with protocol generally. Um, you know, people grab a bottle of eucalyptus globulus or eucalyptus radiata and start pouring it on themselves all day, every day. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. I want to bring up something again from this particular one study. There are again, three cases where three people ended up in the hospital with severe toxicity and, and seizures. One individual, it was written. So this is a good background where it said the father had eucalyptus oil, the bottle was leaking. So that makes me think, ew, is it stored in a plastic bottle? He transferred it into a different bottle, didn't label it properly. The child, I think this was a teenager. Again, I could be misspeaking. The child went to the cough bottle medicine thinking it was cough medicine and ingested, I think it was a roughly two tablespoons full. Of course you're going to get sick. (laughs) Something, I don't care what effing essential oil. If you take that much, something bad will happen of any oil. <laughs> so is, again, context. Chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. Context. Wow. Oh. But again, I'm glad it's in this paper that, that was clearly marked, you know, it was clearly said, but like you're saying, it's yeah. Context and protocols. I think that we as trained aromatherapists know that when we're working with someone, we of course give them very clear instructions and we dilute properly. If I'm doing an, an right. eye gel for somebody, I'm telling them how much to use, how often, and I'm putting in less of a percent of my total formula. Maybe it's even 0.5%. Like we are mm-hmm. really thinking about this stuff. Why do I yes. always get so heated? Sorry. <laughs> like shouting. Because you're, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. But here's, here's the rub is when you see this on social media and in the news, these different episodes, people will look at the headline and the headline says eucalyptus causes seizures. Yep. And then they don't read any farther. Yep. And here's where the problem comes in. <laughs> yeah. Like it's great. It's great. Like to have bits and snips of information, but you know, that's your big, thanks for saying that because one thing I remember stressing and every single certification class that I taught, whenever anyone says, this is literally what I share with students. If someone show, says to you, never do something and sounds like alarmist like that, 
turn the other way. They just like nod and say, thanks so much. And then just disregard everything they say. Because when we talk in absolutes, we get in serious trouble. Never do that. Yeah. Eucalyptus causes seizures. Okay. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to go. I, I mean, I think we just really summed it up there is context. And what do you think about hydrocells though? Like if you were, if you were to say, put a small bit of eucalyptus into your water. And I'm talking a small bit, you know, I'm talking maybe a couple milliliters into a glass of water. I, you know, I question that because it's not high in cineal either or camphor, the hydrocells. So the trace, trace components come over. Um, and the oxide on uh, one eight cineal likes water. So you will mm -hmm. get amounts of that in the hydrosol. I just think yeah. it goes back to actually thinking about Who's the individual? What's the context? Most hydrosols worked with, I'd say, go in a protocol of like three days, five days, seven days, up to 14 days. Mm -hmm. So what's the intention? What's the protocol? And really seriously low dilution. I mean, right. I found great effect with things with just a couple sprays in a glass of water. That might, that might be a great option. I think I'm going to try that later just to test it. Yeah. With, are you going to use yourself as a test just to see what happens? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cause I have yeah. some eucalyptus globulus hydrosol, so I might give that a shot. And the intention of, I mean, just like I was working with nettles and I had an interesting thing um, happen last week because uh, I was working with it with a uh, flower essence in, in tandem uh, and I broke into a cold sore. But I, that's a totally different topic. But I stopped. I, I was like, this is really interesting. I'm not stressed. It always, I get a cold sores and I get super stressed and I'm not eating right. But that's a different topic. But hydrosols, same thing with essential oils. They're, I feel like they're more powerful in some ways and less is more. And you're thinking, like you said, in like teaspoons, one milliliter, two milliliter. Yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> shot, like in a shot class. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> wow. Our timing is impeccable. I know. Okay. Yeah, so. so I'd love to know what is hot on your playlist this week. Well, thank you for asking drop. Um, I made a, a serum. So today I kind of would like to talk about serums because I've looked into this a little bit. Um, I personally purchased a serum from a place and it's a store, a chain store, and I'm not going to mention where it is, but it's a store and I wanted to try it. And it actually is a oil. So you put a couple drops on your face as a serum and the instructions have you applying, uh, a gel based moisturizer after the serum. Mm. Okay. Now the other day I created a serum for age defying mm -hmm. and I used some cool, really pretty things in it. I'm going to just throw out one. I use, I have sea buckthorn CO2 <gasps> extract in it. Yes. yes. And it's just this gorgeous orange color. Mm -hmm. So pretty. However, when you put it on, I mean, because it's oil based, right? There's no water in it. I put it on and it definitely leaves a protective barrier, you know, yeah. oil yeah. leaves that protective barrier. So here's my quandary for the day. 
why do they tell you to put on moisturizer after serum? It's contingent of what the serum is. If the serum is a water-based liquidy extract, whatever it may be, if it has any sort of water base in it, you would apply something with a barrier over the top of that moisture in that serum. If your serum is an oil base, you would apply the water base, which would be your moisturizer underneath that serum. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I just think knowing, knowing your ingredients is important and how Mm -hmm. folks, if I think that, I think you are going this way with this, like when something's called a serum, it could be misleading because Mm -hmm. serums, I think on the mass market are known to be water-based and have very specific components like hyaluronic acid, which is water soluble. That's a hot thing right now. And it has been for a few years. I actually use that Mm -hmm. in some products uh, Mm -hmm. that I make for people. So I'm aware of this oil and water thing. And like you're saying, a serum in the mass market is often water-based, but in essential oil, herbally, crunchy, crunchy world, we're often calling a serum an oil-based, meaning a fixed oil, not seed oil-based product, right? This right. is kind of like what? Not seed oil, carrier oil, maybe yep. a touch of essential oil, not a lot, yep. but a touch of essential oil in it. Yeah. And I mean, in that scenario, if you're purchasing an oil base, I think the word serum is misleading. So yeah. what do we call it? You know, yeah, you um, know because what? it is called a serum. Yeah, I think- because we're irreverent. So I just think folks call it serum sometimes to be like, oh, that's a hot word right now. Trendy. Yeah. I really want to just look, I want to look up what serum means. If I look in a dictionary, I'm going to just hop to this other computer, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think we just want to be educated consumers, right? And not everyone has the time to geek out about things like serums like you and I are doing right now. But I think it just takes time, like a little bit of time just to, uh, for us to be educated consumers and really just question me like, that's a serum, that's a serum. What's up with that? Right. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a good, you're bringing up a really good point. Face serums are lightweight products, high mm-hmm. concentration of active ingredients absorb into your skin, making them an excellent next step after cleansing. Yep. And then you would follow with an oil-based thing, (laughs) but active ingredients, that's a, that's another hot topic, right? So when I'm in the big world, big, you know, big pharmaceutical, big cosmetic, I should be saying, we talk about active components. I say we, I'm not in that industry. Active components means absolute nonsense. Essential oils can be considered active components, and we look right. to isolate like the hyaluronic acid or squalene or even an antioxidant like vitamin E. I could call it an active component. Mm-hmm. It's just marketing malarkey. Darn it. It is. I it just is. threw my pen. <laughs> That's okay. You can do that. You can do that. We're reverent. It says, um, it says here, serums are gel, clear gel based or liquid, and they tend to be less thick than a moisturizer. So it says a serum is able to hydrate more effectively than even the heaviest creams. It's just, it's not clear. It's unclear what a serum is. But you have to know what you're using. Yeah. Look at the ingredient deck or list, but like 
like we started off saying serums on the quote market indicate more of that water-based highly penetrating think of like moisture water content and then we have like you're bringing up where you can spend so much money buying a beautiful we make our own products right drip and we know we talked about this last episode mm-hmm. uh, i could buy a bunch of beautiful nut and seed oils put a little essential oil in and um for not a lot of money and it could be gorgeous and then you could charge somebody like 80 dollars. it's just madness yeah. Madness. And, um, I also like the idea of the serum that I created. I also like the idea of using a hydrosol as a spritzer, um, toner, and then applying the serum over the top of it. Cause it's an oil-based serum. So it's going to trap the really good, um, properties of those hydrosols. And then the serum is also vitamin rich and it's going to provide a protective barrier and hold all that in. I think it's a great idea. I don't, I don't understand why no one's doing that. Well, yeah, but the layering products, I know some beauty geeks and like layering is a big deal. I have a really important question for you, Drip. Hmm. You ready? What would you call the oil-based serum instead of a serum? I just threw that one out. Face oil. (laughs) Face oil. Face oil. I mean, I, I seriously, I call it face oil, but I don't. My label says age serum. Serum, because yeah. that's what it. That's what I don't know. That's what people think of it as. I, it's just a hard topic, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, maybe this is you. You're a trailblazer, and we'll start calling a something what it is. <laughs> start calling it a face oil. Mm-hmm. People I don't like make... the sound of face oil, though. Oily, yeah. All, yeah, oily. Uh, Ew, I don't put oil on my face. Gross. That's a whole nother big topic. Oils are fabulous. We need them, but so drop. Mm. I'm wondering what's on your radar this week. (gasps) Thanks for asking. We're in the time of flowers and the flower moon's coming and I'm working on my next new moon meditation and German chamomile said hi. And she just started to blossom in my garden this weekend. So I'm just kind of spending some time with this convivial, bright, sunshiny, little happy face. Yay. Yeah. Exciting. So I will be writing and spending a lot of time with her again. And yes, I'm giving a plan to gender like I do sometimes. Um, Did you say German or Roman? Oh, German chamomile. Matricaria Mm. recutita. Um, Mm. So look forward to a new meditation for those of you who want to join me in a new moon salon. It's always available after the live broadcast, but drip, uh, what's on your radar? <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's violets. <laughs> I, I made that violet cream. About, oh, you did. Well, last time we talked, I made violet sweet fern moisturizing cream. Yes, I love violets. Um, yes. I just love violets. I don't, I, I just have an affinity toward violet. I love the smell of them. I love eating them. I, so I'm making a violet simple syrup, which is nothing special. It's what everyone does. Not everyone, but some people. Yeah. And of course, yeah, I used, um, tap water. We have well water at home and very rich in minerals. And now my vitamin, my vitamin, my violet water is steeping for the syrup. And guess what? Because of the mineral rich water, Mm. it's green. It's green. Yay. Litmus test. Yeah. Litmus (laughs) test. 
So I'll go back and redo that again. It's a, it's a reason for you to be outside, get to forage for some violets, get some fresh air, right? It is. It's going to be amazing to redo. And I might even package up the green as well. Why not? It's yeah, fun. it's, it still will be, it does what it's supposed to do. And as you've really um, brought it on my radar to think about pH uh, a little more deeply, like it's just an indication of pH, as you pointed out mm-hmm. to me. And uh, then I remember bringing up this beautiful purple gin called Empress. That yes. this, it's like a, there's a plant, uh, some kind of pea that they use in the distillation process. And then you can play by changing colors, by just adding an acid um, so, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why mine is green because it's, uh, the, our water, our minimal mineral rich water is basic yep. and, um, it turns it bright green. So it's gorgeous. So I might just make it anyway for the heck of it. Why not? You can put it in a bright green face serum. Ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really want to go grab, I know we're kind of running down on time here, but I really want to go get my violet. I don't know if just to smell it right now, but it smells um, good. it's like wet, like, and violet's wonderful in herbal medicine for supporting dry conditions. It's very wet and moist. And uh, cool. Cooling. Yes. Cooling. I remember giving, um, making, putting that in a product for someone working with, um, perimenopause. And she was talking mm. about all these oils and like all those oils you're reaching for are heating. We need to talk about cooling oils. And then Violet came up into the conversation. I was like, holy cow, Violet is so going into the absolute is going into your mm-hmm. product. And she effing yeah. loved it. And even when you pick them, I mean, you think about it, they grow in shady, cool con- conditions with, you know, quite a bit of moisture in the ground. So that just goes to show that they're cool and moist. Yeah. That's one thing I've um, tried to notice over the years. I've always been a plant person since I was a kid, but to really understand where a plant shows up lets you know about site conditions. It lets Mm -hmm. you know how like things work in the body. So like, I think what you're saying about violet is just so perfect. Where is it growing? What's it like? And if you're trying to get rid of violets in your yard, don't use weed killer. Realize that you have a cool, wet, moist area. <laughs> so how mm-hmm. do you either embrace that and work with it? Or how do you mitigate things? But the violet is right. telling you something, pH, mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us this week for irreverent aromatherapy. I hope you enjoyed some of our topics today and we hope you tune in again next week for another episode we appreciate our repeat listeners and thank you yes and thank you this is drop signing off and we just try to stay as irreverent as possible and try to um, while being real as well just telling it like it is we hope so be in touch and thanks for listening thank you